Chapter Fifteen of the Shield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Shield, edited by Leonid Andreev, translated by Avram Yarmolinsky. Chapter Fifteen. How to Help, by Catherine Koskova lord what a familiar sight how many times have we seen it during the last nine or ten months and every time you blush with shame and you have the feeling of being overcome and petrified in the face of the incomprehensible elemental catastrophe the train slowly pulls up to the high structure of the station the scene is laid in one of the towns of the western section faces of passengers restless wayworn sickly are seen in the windows the cars are overcrowded beyond all measure there are many black-eyed children with curly black locks and also old people decrepit with age the railway platform is crowded with jewish youths with representatives of the jewish community and a mass of curious people who eagerly scan the newcomers a large crowd of passengers emerge from the cars rapidly and in disorder they are jews deported from the zone of military operations the local jewish community had been notified by a telegram and now they are meeting the newcomers the community has seen to it that hot tea bread and milk for the children is served to the deported right at the station a most timely measure many of them had had no time even to take food along they were deported on short notice and besides a family is allowed to carry no more than forty pounds of baggage what is forty pounds for a family often very large they can hardly afford to take some underwear and warm clothes behind each family there remained a home probably a store a stand a workshop or simply a sewing machine the sole source of income all are equal now in this dreadful train which carries them away from home naked wrecks of humanity torn from their customary course of life and deprived of the daily toil which fed the family and what a terror it is to look into their eyes it is plainly written in them this is nothing the worst is still to come they sat down on the benches in the waiting room and started drinking tea and eating well you are feeding your spies eh? suddenly remarks a porter addressing a representative of the jewish community the latter grows pale shivers and quickly moves away what indeed could one answer how does this great migration of a people impress an unsophisticated brain if the entire population leaves a district the matter is clear the place must be evacuated before the enemy but the trains loaded with jews do not come from districts already occupied by the foe how else can a plain man construe this fact than that the jews are spies dangerous people in short our internal enemy and so this one-year-old baby whose puffed-up tiny hands hang down from its mother's shoulder is also an enemy just as is this sad girl wearily skulking in a corner and this old man with his shaking head and wrinkled hands all these are our enemies otherwise why should they have been deported before the arrival of the foe why such a peculiar selection of the passengers of the dreadful trains i go from one porter to another 
asking them who was brought on the answer is the same jews spies the very arrival of such a train engenders an ill feeling toward the entire jewish nation and how many such trains have arrived here lately and if you were to stop and ask who established the guilt of these people and whether it is thinkable that all these tens of thousands of men women and children should have been caught red-handed no one will stop to listen to you a jew is a spy this is the only impression that becomes indelibly branded in the brains of the russian population which witnesses the new tragedy of the jewish nation the effect of the passage of these trains is truly terrible it is a series of systematic object lessons of hatred when the crowd has quenched its hunger and thirst a new problem presents itself how to transport all this mass to the town and give them shelter for this purpose a number of carriages are kept in readiness the coachmen all of them jews load the miserable luggage and try to accommodate the old the sick and the children now and then a bearded husky driver would wipe away a tear to one side jewish women weep frankly the sorrowful procession sets out for the town there the refugees will once more have to meet the russians and endure questionings insulting remarks and slaps in the face will the jewish nation stand all this yes it will undoubtedly stand this frightful trial there is something in its inner nature that enables it to hold out under the most terrible conditions at the house of a representative of the jewish community i find several people who handle the transportation and distribution of the deported jews how many people have passed through your hands several thousand we get word by telegraph from the centers of deportation as to how many people we should keep and how many send further where do you get the means necessary for these operations the entire jewish population of our town has imposed upon itself a systematic refugee tax this source furnishes us three thousand roubles monthly of course this is very little ours is a poor town then we get financial aid from the jewish communities which do not have to help the deported directly we have received several thousand roubles from smolensk petrograd moscow and elsewhere and how about the russian population does it render you any assistance no its attitude toward the deported is at best indifferent and at worst hostile and the jews do they not protest against this new tax oh no not in the least you have no idea to what an extent the feeling of solidarity grows among us in such cases here is an instance a train with a deported arrived here yesterday it was saturday and that is as you know a sacred day for the jews nevertheless all our jewish coachmen came to the station to take the newcomers to the town we have asked them to come today to get paid for their services not one of them appeared and so it has been all along there is not a jewish coachman in the town who would take money in such a case on the contrary they would be insulted if they were not asked to do their bit when the first train arrived the present self-taxation was not yet in existence we received the telegram suddenly nothing was in readiness our young people got busy and started canvassing the jewish houses and at once people brought all they could tea sugar eggs milk we met the hungry ones with full hands no we cannot complain against the jews they do all they can even the poorest 
The representative showed me a heap of telegrams. Their contents are brief. To Rabbi so-and-so, meet nine hundred. Meet one thousand. Meet eleven hundred. Only the numbers differ. And where do you house those who remain here? Well, we accommodate them in the Jewish school, in private homes, in rooms hired for the purpose. But here we met with a new obstacle. Our town is situated on the left bank of the river Dnieper. Now a new order was issued to the effect that the deported should settle exclusively on the left bank. We had trouble enough, I warrant you. Fortunately, the local authorities have shown us some consideration and postponed the second deportation. But to entrain worn-out people and send them anew into the unknown, it is painful even to imagine it. Think of it. To grow accustomed to the place, to the people who take care of you, and then again a train, a flashing of a station, and the final outrage of the arrival. Many say better to die than to resume our road again. But we are forced to send them further, although nowadays it's hard to place the deported. All the towns are crowded, the congestion leads to diseases, and here too we've had several deaths. Tell me, I said finally, but you know at least approximately why these people are deported. It is impossible that this should be done for no earthly reason, simply because they happen to be Jews. How great was my repentance that I put this naive question. I shall never, never forget the eyes which turned on me. There was in them a burning pain, and another question. Yes, for what crime? If we only knew it, perhaps you will tell us? You are a Russian, you are in a better position to know. I got up quickly, shook hands, and left in silence, with a feeling of repulsion for myself and shame for my helplessness. Catherine Koskova is a journalist and social worker of considerable note. End of chapter 15